0: the Titans the Mount Rushmore of players we all know the names of Tom Brady Peyton Manning Aaron Rodgers then there are the Giants hoping to join this group Patrick Mahomes Josh Allen Lamar Jackson nonetheless you can't forget about these new guys hoping to dethrone everything those that came before them created and blaze their own trail into NFL history Joe Burrow Justin Herbert Mac Jones men that won't let you forget who they are and if you do They'll be more than happy to remind you. This is the show where we will talk about all those legacies and so much more. We will follow these storylines from the beginning of the season all the way to the climax of the Super Bowl. We will see Giants fall and watch new men who you never expected to take over stand tall. Through adversity and victory, the NFL has it all. We will cover every minute of it here. No buts about it. Hello, Uh, coming at you from a dorm room in Ohio on a beautiful March 31st day on a Thursday because this is the show that was supposed to happen yesterday, but it's happening today because of school coming up and uh, causing some issues. But uh, actually, I think that it ended up uh, working out because... We didn't have a lot to talk about yesterday, and it just seems like after I posted that the show was going to be postponed, the NFL said, you know what, here's some news. We've got some stuff coming at you. Um, starting with Adam Schefter. Uh, if you're familiar with Adam Schefter, he is the insider for ESPN. He's one of the, usually the first guy for ESPN to report. Guy's getting signed, cut, traded. Big deal dude got a multi-year extension so congrats to Adam Schefter definitely a guy that I've looked up to as far as my professional career goes and someone who I would like to one day meet if our paths ever cross that being said uh, moving on to more specific football things and like I said before it seemed like there was like no news yesterday not to say that the stories that did come out yesterday weren't significant I think that they are but I also was kind of worried about how I was gonna talk about these things for 30 minutes so starting off I posted about it on Instagram but the overtime rule change uh, that that happened, that came out That's a pretty big deal I think A lot of people were complaining about the overtime rule change Or the overtime rules Now people are complaining about the overtime rule change I really like this concession though um, The NFL did come out and clarify that If both teams were to score uh, So say the first team to go down were to get a touchdown And then the other team gets a touchdown as well it would then go into sudden death, so the way it was before. Again, this is just during the playoffs, though, so this won't have an effect on the regular season games, but it will the playoffs. Uh, Like I said before, a lot of defensive players didn't like the idea of the rule change occurring. Some are arguing it's a way to push the defense out of the game and make them less significant. Uh, Most specifically, Marcus Spears, who was a defensive end most predominantly for the Packers, I believe, if I'm... Remembering my players correctly. He came out and said that the only reason the rule change happened was because people's feelings were hurt. He was uh, on a podcast where he was talking about the rule change. They asked him what he thought and he said there was no reason for it. It's ruining the game. He just thinks people's feelings were hurt. Uh, it's, It's not beneficial. I tend to disagree with him. Um, I'm someone who does enjoy defensive players a lot. I enjoy the defensive aspect of the game. Not to say that I understand it as much as Marcus Spears. I would, I would never say that. I never played the game, so obviously he has a much better understanding of what it's like on that field than me. However, I don't think uh, this will push the players out of the game. I don't think that this will ruin the game at all because I think it's going to help a lot of players uh, have more time to be on the field. It's going to help both defenses are going to have to be on the field in that case in overtime, so they're going to get more time to shine, uh, more big time plays like what, uh, like more interceptions to end games. I think that I think that's pretty exciting, and I'm hoping that happens. Obviously, if it doesn't seem to really have an effect on the games then that's a different story but hopefully getting to see both defenses will be beneficial to the game uh, and we'll get some more bigger names out there on the defensive side of the ball because it is a side of the ball that tends to be ignored with quarterbacks being the primary big names that everyone knows and then people forgetting about who's trying to stop the quarterback obviously And then, uh, also yesterday, Malcolm Jenkins retired. So, if you're not familiar with Malcolm Jenkins, he was drafted in 2009 by the New Orleans Saints. And he played with them until 2013, where he he then ended up in Philadelphia, which I can't remember if he got cut or if it was by trade or um, how he got there. But he played for the Eagles until 2019, he obviously was on that Super Bowl team that beat Tom Brady, the big un- the underdog year that they played. And then he ended up back in New Orleans where he retired. He announced his retirement yesterday. He's a three-time Pro Bowler, uh, had eight touchdowns in his career. So that means uh, he had seven. The seven of them were interceptions that he returned for a touchdown. So that's a pick six which means he picked off the ball, intercepted the ball, and then returned the ball all the way back into the end zone for six points. And then he had a fumble recovery that he also ran back for a touchdown. That's sometimes referred to as a scoop and score for people who aren't familiar with the terms. Help help you learn those a little bit. He had 21 interceptions in his career, which is pretty good for a safety, I'd say. Three-time Pro Bowler. Um, Congrats on a great career, Malcolm Jenkins. Definitely a big name when it comes to the safety position. I'm sure New Orleans will miss him. He was a big part of their defense, in my opinion. Uh, And that will just add to the rebuild that the New Orleans Saints have to go through after losing drew Brees and a lot of their other key players now the big story that came out yesterday right after i said the show was going to be delayed was the hiring well not really hiring but the promoting of a new head coach for a very prominent organization and that is that bruce arians is retiring after having a Long career as a coach. He's been in the league as a head coach for a decade. Coached with, he head coached the Colts, the Arizona Cardinals, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, obviously, which is who he's retiring from. And he was the interim coach for the head Colts, uh, Andrew Luck's rookie year, which was 2012. And I believe that was when uh, Chuck Pagano was going through some uh, cancer treatments, sadly. Uh, Chuck Pagano is still alive. He's a very smart man. Uh, I watch a lot of interviews. He's very wise and definitely someone who I uh, have learned a lot from just listening to. Learned a lot about the sport and the coaching perspective, giving me a bit more respect for the coaches, which is something I think we as fans all need. Um... But, yeah, he was also the offensive coordinator for the Browns and the Steelers and the Colts until he was promoted to the interim coach, as we just talked about. Uh, He won a singular Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and obviously that was while he was coaching Tom Brady. Uh, Bruce Arians is a... Very smart man. Very good coach. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how Todd Bowles fills his shoes. Now, it's not to say Todd Bowles is incapable of filling Bruce Arians' shoes. Because Todd Bowles is probably, if not the top, definitely in the top three uh, head coaching candidates the past three years who just never, for whatever reason, were hired. Um, there can be a variety of reasons for that. It could be just... They have different ideas about where they want to take the organization. Uh, The owners have different ideas of what a coach is than what the person they're interviewing does. Or it could just come down to money or the contracts that are being offered to stay versus to leave. Uh, Todd Bowles may have also known that Bruce Arians was talking about retiring behind the scenes, and he was just like, hey, I'll just stick around as the defensive coordinator everyone loves me here. I've got a great defense. Got got a great great group of guys that I'm coaching and it works out. He's the head coach now and he's coaching Tom freaking Brady, the the greatest quarterback to ever play the sport and one of the smartest people to ever play the sport. And so Todd Bowles isn't unqualified at all. I mean, he he was a player, first of all, but even just as a coach in the NFL. In 2000, he was the Jets' secondary coach. Uh, From 2001 to 2003, he was the Cleveland Browns' secondary coach. Uh, And then in 2004, he got moved to the secondary coach. Uh, In 2001 to 2003, he was specifically the nickel package coach uh then in 2005 he went on to be the secondary coach for the dallas cowboys so definitely a defensive mind here like we've been talking about a lot so i don't know how he feels about the overtime change but that'll be interesting to see and with a team that could make a run at the playoffs now that they've got tom brady back and the nfc is very uh weak conference compared to uh the teams in the afc he was the interim head coach, which I should explain that term in case uh, anyone's not familiar with it. Basically, that just means that a head coach was fired or uh, was sick, like in Pagano's case, and just couldn't fulfill his role. And so uh, the they had someone else take that position. And so that's what that means. Interim head coach is... Uh, just a temporary position sometimes they get promoted to head coach permanently other most times they don't in the experiences that I've personally seen and uh, this is another example of that because in 2012 he went to be the Philadelphia Eagles secondary coach and then the interim defensive coordinator and people saw how good he was doing and he eventually got a head coaching position in 2015 with the New York Jets Uh, They moved on from him in 2018 and he's been with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers ever since. And he's not leaving. He's just taking on a new role in the organization. He's been around the league for 20 years as long as Tom Brady's been in the league. So he definitely has seen Tom progress both as a player and um, as a mind. I'm, I'm very excited to see how this uh works out because Tom Brady is obviously a great offensive mind as we've discussed before so he can kind of uh hopefully run the offense with the help of the offensive coordinator and uh he can also rely on Todd to have that defensive mindset Possibly see things that Brady doesn't see, or they can bounce ideas off of each other when they're trying to pick apart the different defenses that they play. The Buccaneers might be back to being a force to be reckoned with. Um, there's nothing really stopping them in the NFC. Really, only the Rams seem to be a big threat to the Buccaneers at this point in the NFC. The uh, Packers traded away Devonte adams to the afc and so i think they're kind of out maybe the 49ers but we still don't really know what their quarterback situation is because kyle shanahan said that there's still a scenario where jimmy garoppolo is still the quarterback which means is trey lance gonna get a chance i mean you use the third overall pick on him in 2021 uh they they are a run first offense maybe they'll do like a wildcat type thing where they use both of them and things are just confusing over in san francisco right now i don't know who their quarterback's gonna be possibly the cardinals uh making a resurgence i think kyler murray still might be upset with the organization he posted a video of him working out with jj watt though so he's at least working out with players on the team um he just wants his money though he wants to be paid uh there's been a huge Resurgence and how much people are getting paid in the NFL because uh, obviously we have these huge contracts with Deshaun Watson getting paid two hundred thirty million, and that's affecting the other quarter. That's the whole like market is blowing up right now, but most specifically in the wide receiver room because the Jacksonville Jaguars went and signed Christian Kirk to a huge contract. I think made him the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. Without him having a single thousand yard season, so all of these other guys like Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, they're looking at that and they're like, Well, I've done that multiple times. How much money can I get paid? And then they go to their office and they end up getting traded. So, uh, yeah, the NFC's kind of had to trade away a lot of their star players, Russell Wilson, uh, Chandler Jones, a lot of big names leaving the NFC. I don't really see anything stopping the Buccaneers from making another Super Bowl run we're just gonna have uh, either the Rams run it back or the Buccaneers are going to be the ones that beat them Uh, it's hard for me to see a scenario where they aren't the ones in the NFC championship as it stands and then obviously one of them winning it all or uh, winning the NFC Championship and going to face whoever comes out of the AFC, which the AFC, on the other hand, is just going to be a bloodbath because you have all these great teams. you got the Bengals, who were the champions last year. They're building up a team. The Chargers are – their defense is going to be stacked. The Broncos have Russell Wilson now. The Raiders have Devontae Adams. The Dolphins – I never thought I would say that the Dolphins are a playoff contender – But here they are. They've got Tyreek Hill. Um, I mean, we still need to see Tua prove himself like we talked about in the last show. But, I mean, if the man, like, balls out, they're a team. They are some dudes. And so the AFC is going to be nuts. I'm pretty much already convinced that whoever comes out of the AFC is going to be the team to win the Super Bowl. The AFC North is probably going to be between the Ravens and the Bengals, possibly the Browns, but Deshaun might still get suspended. So six to eight games, he's out. Uh, I don't know how much they'll win. Colts are a possibility to win the South. There's also the Titans in the South, though, with Derrick Henry, who's running over everyone. Uh, So, yeah, the AFC South is stacked. The AFC as a whole is stacked. Um and then there's like teams in the AFC such as the Steelers who are rebuilding, but are still pretty decent. Like they've got good players, key components. Deontay Johnson's a decent young wide receiver. Najee Harris is a great young running back. Uh if he gets an O-line, I think he'll be a top ten running back in the league in the next few years. AFC is stacked. That's gonna make for some good football fun football even the bad teams have good players and that's going to be exciting to watch and now uh we're we're out of news like i said not a lot of uh news coming out i mean alex smith said that the washington franchise is kind of falling apart and that it's been flawed for the last 20 years that's not really anything new. If you follow football, the stadium they their stadiums literally falling apart. Like Washington, come on. Uh build a better stadium. Uh, you almost killed Jalen Hurts because your stadium's falling apart. Uh Oh, other big news. Bengals finally getting an indoor practice facility. It was confirmed by the team vice president Uh, Elizabeth Blackburn and we're going to be able to practice inside which is going to be pretty cool or uh, eventually they're working on uh, taking bids for building it and uh, working through all those contracts and all that fun stuff but that means that in the winter months uh, our guys can practice outside or inside at night if they want to just go get a few extra reps in hopefully get us better prepared I mean this organization is taking leaps and bounds in the next few year, in the next last few years. Ugh, if I could talk. But uh, I think I think that's amazing. Really, uh, the Super Bowl run I think put some uh, pep in their step. Getting that indoor practice facility, getting an O line for Joey B and the boys. Uh, we're gonna have some guys make some big plays only thing that scares me is the contracts and where those are going because when joe burrow's contract is up i'm sure he's gonna want his fair share of the money and up to this point he's earned it honestly i just hope that we are willing to pay it um so yeah that that's pretty big uh if you are a cincinnati Bengals fan you know how big of a deal that is um We're one of the few teams, if not the only team, without an indoor practice facility. Ridiculed for it for years. Um, We finally moved up into the big leagues and aren't practicing underneath a highway anymore. So that'll be fun. That'll be a big deal that will hopefully help the team make even bigger moves in the future and get uh, more star players to come into the city of Cincinnati. And uh, the team will have more success there Okay So uh, just talking about uh, Faith Fridays tomorrow Which is Something we're going to do Not every Friday at this point Maybe it'll become a regular thing Every Friday but at least Two a month most likely Uh, We'll talk about a different NFL player And how their faith has affected Them as a player and as a person And Uh, Someone who I really look up to who isn't, he's a big star name uh, if you follow football, but he's not necessarily the type of player you think of when you think football. He's not a quarterback. He's not a star wide receiver or anything like that. He's he's a kicker for the Baltimore Ravens, and his name is Justin Tucker. Uh, He's been in the league for quite a few years. And I think he has a very interesting uh, perspective on the faith. I really enjoyed researching this, really enjoyed uh, studying uh, some of his interviews that he and things that he said, uh, reasons that he does certain things. So we'll be talking about him tomorrow. Obviously we'll also talk about some faith or we'll be talking about some football news on Faith Fridays. But primarily we will be talking about Justin Tucker and what he has done for the team, how he's been able to mesh both football and faith together, and uh, how he is inspiring young people to do the same. Definitely not uh, what you necessarily expect from a football player. He has a very unique talent that uh, we will talk about tomorrow that I think is pretty cool. It's something I definitely can't do. And I'm not talking about ta- kicking a football 66 yards. Um, it's something way cooler than that. But that's for tomorrow. Uh, if you enjoyed today's show, even though it was delayed, again, I'm sorry. But if you enjoyed the show, tell a friend, share it with a friend. Shout out to a new follower in Kansas, by the way. Um, Again, I don't get specifics, don't get names or anything like that. But I do get like a little blue dot. Tells me when someone's listening to the show in a new state or a new country. Uh, Like the dudes, there's like two people in Europe somehow found the show, which I think is awesome. I don't know who they are. Or how they found the show But uh, thank you for that um, I'll check the analytics here Just uh, right now Make sure I'm not forgetting any any other new uh, listeners um, Obviously the United States Is our biggest uh, demographic here Oh, but we've got uh, Kansas Just outside of Wichita, it looks like Is where our new listener is from So thank you for joining uh, And I, I think I'm going to get a map that like has who is listening where and like try to get like every state at least and then work on getting countries um so far we've knocked out uh i think just one country both the listeners are in belgium uh so that's pretty neat hopefully they can learn about football because uh football is coming to germany this year so maybe uh they'll travel over there to watch the game. I don't know which game is over there yet. They haven't announced it yet, So, uh, but that game will be in Munich, and I'll let you know what teams are playing there when we find out. That's exciting. That's a new uh, thing for the NFL, and of course, as always, uh, if you have anything you'd like for us to talk about, uh, DM us at nobutts underscore show. That's a uh, no, B-U-T-T-S, underscore show on Instagram. Uh, we post uh, big news stories. I post about the overtime rule change. We post uh, when shows are delayed. I posted that yesterday on my story. Sometimes I post videos that I just think are funny, you know, uh, that type of thing. But uh, go give that a follow. Share this uh, podcast with your friends. And uh, like I said on the show or on the the Instagram page, if you guys share the show and I get more listeners, more people who are tuning in regularly and I can show that to sponsors, I can show that to other people, that allows for me to get new opportunities and new content for the show which allows for you guys to be able to listen to more enjoyable things. And that's ultimately what I want to bring you. I want to bring you an entertaining but also uh, interesting show for people who don't necessarily have time to follow football all the time, who don't necessarily know these faith-based stories. That's what the Faith Fridays is all about. So if you guys continue to share the show like you are hopefully this can become a bigger thing and we can start having interviews we can start having sponsorships and if it brings me opportunities i'll make sure to share the wealth and make sure you are also getting those opportunities to hear better content because that's ultimately what i want to bring you and it won't just be me sitting in a dorm room talking into a mic anymore so uh, if you enjoy the show uh Go ahead and share it, please. And also uh, send me any feedback of stuff you'd like me to talk about, stuff you're interested, questions about the sport that you have that maybe I can answer. Um, Yeah, so have a good day. That's the end of today's show.